Hey, everybody out there. I'm just an average guy talking about football. College football, that is. Chalk talk. Good day, beautiful people, and welcome to another week of college football. Chalk Talk. I am your host, C. Boyd, and as always, I am grateful that you're rocking with me this week as we discuss week two's upsets and triumphs, the shakeup in the top 25, and preview some of week three's matchups and predictions. Now, again, I am no expert by any means. Just an average guy talking about football. College football, that is. Now, I hope everyone has had a wonderful weekend. And the week has been gracious for you. It's been a crazy two weeks of college football. In which the second weekend of the 2022 season was headlined by Appalachian State's upset of Texas A&M. Marshall's victory over Notre Dame, BYU's overtime win versus Baylor, and Alabama's close call against Texas. Now, with that being said, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan take the top four spots in the top 25 rankings, with Clemson at number five and Oklahoma at number six. In the post Week 2, top 25. Looks like other than the top three teams, this season is going to be unpredictable. Now, without any further ado, let's start the show. Beginning with the top 25 shakeup, coming in at number one, we have Georgia. Now, if anyone thought Sanford would score a single point on Georgia's defense, they were horrendously misinformed. The Bulldogs of Athens didn't let their guard down one iota, holding the FCS program to zero while putting up 30 of their own by halftime. Georgia is a national championship challenger until proven otherwise. Coming in at number two, We have Alabama. Alabama dodged a bullet against Texas, who looked promising delivering the upset. But unfortunately, they left too much time on the clock for Bryce Young to do his thing. Now, after failing to get anything going offensively, Bryce Young tuned out the noise and drove the offense down the field when it counted the most. It was quite a display of composure under pressure for the future top NFL draft pick. Now, however, Alabama has some serious self-scouting to do 
as they committed a whopping 15 penalties and had the Longhorns quarterback Quinn Urs not suffered a sprained clavicle, the outcome of the contest might just be a little different. Coming in at number three, Ohio State. Now, following a tough victory over Notre Dame in week uh, in week one, Ohio State had a bit of a breather versus Arkansas State. With no Jackson Smith, Jigba, no problem. C.J. Stroud threw for over 350 yards with Marvin Harrison Jr., who caught seven passes for 104. I'm sorry, 184 yards with three touchdowns. And Igma Egbuka. Hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> who caught four passes for 118 yards and a touchdown. Now, even though Travion Henderson's services weren't required on the ground, he was still able to produce 87 yards and two scores on just 10 carries. Coming in at number four, we have Michigan. Now, J.J. McCarthy outdueled Kate McManor. In week one, and he all but solidified the starting quarterback job for Michigan in week two. McCarthy needed just 12 attempts to complete seven to complete 11 passes for 229 yards and three scores. Meanwhile, Cade came in for the garbage work, completed four out of six passes for 26 yards and an interception. Now. The rest of the roster can compete for a college football playoff spot, but, a st- but starting McCarthy opens up the offense and raises the ceiling for Michigan to be a serious contender. Coming in at number five, we do have Clemson. Now, Furham isn't exactly Alabama, but DJ Uangolale and Clemson put any doubt to an upset away early after allowing Tyler Huff to complete 13 straight passes the Tigers clamped down opening the offense to take control DJU and company moved up and down the field with ease which they will definitely need to do consistently against different defenses to have a real shot at the college football playoff berth Coming in at number six, we have Oklahoma. Now, offensive coordinator Jeff Laby and quarterback Dylan Gabriel haven't skipped a beat as the two are efficiently moving the ball in Norman. A key reason to their success is wide receiver Marvin Mims, who popped off 163 yards and two touchdowns in week two's performance. Now, through two games, Oklahoma has outscored opponents 78-16, to though UTEP and Kent State aren't exactly elite football programs. The Sooners will face their first Power 5 test in Week 3 when they travel to take on Nebraska. Now, it should be like taking a math exam with a calculator. But it's still a but it's still a test nonetheless. And with the recent firing of Scott Frost, the corn huskers should definitely be hungry for the upset. Coming in at number seven, we have USC. Now USC 
has forced four turnovers in back-to-back games, proven they are more than just Lincoln Riley and the offensive onslaught. Although the defensive aspect of of the Trojans hasn't left, Caleb Williams threw for 341 yards and four touchdowns against an underrated Stanford secondary. Travis Dye ran for 105 yards and a score, and Jordan Addison hauled in seven receptions for 142 yards as well as two touchdowns. Coming in at number eight, we have Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State's defense struggled to stop Central Michigan in week one, but they bounced back in a big way against Arizona State. The Sun Devils quarterback Emory Jones was under constant duress from the Cowboys' front seven, leading to a 50% completion rate. Now, Spencer Sanders wasn't spectacular through the air, but used his, but he used his legs to the offense's benefit. Speaking of, running back Dominic Richardson generated 131 yards and a score on the ground, helping the uh, helping the Cowboys solidify the victory. Coming in at number nine, we do have Kentucky. Now, it wasn't Will Levis's finest outing, but. He did just enough to help Kentucky over the ranked Florida squad. Besides a 55-yard touchdown reception by Dan, by Dan Key and a goal line push passed through the pylon by Levis, the Wildcats struggled offensively. But the defense did pick up the slack, snatching two interceptions, one in which Kendron Smith took it to the house. If Levis can harness his immense physical potential, Kentucky could upset more SEC rivals this season. Coming in at number 10, we have Arkansas. Now it's about time we give Arkansas respect they deserve. While most of the nation was low on them entering this year, KJ Jefferson and company simply can't be ignored any longer. Jefferson only recorded 162 passing yards, but the Razorbacks pulled pulled up 295 yards and five touchdowns, rushing behind their offensive line. Raheem Sanders led the way, averaging 6.5 yards per carry and route to 156 156-yard game in two, in two scores. Now the defense for the Razorbacks has some studs including linebacker Drew Sanders, and I love this name, Bumper Poole. And with two impressive victories over Cincinnati and South Carolina on the resume, the Arkansas, uh, Arkansas definitely deserves a spot in the top 25. Now coming in at number 11, we do have Michigan State. Now Michigan State had no issues with Akron. Defensively, but quarterback Peyton Thorne continued his below-average play. Still, Jalen uh, Berger and Jake Brassad are a problem carrying the rock. 
bowling over whomever stands in their way if the passing game can find its success the Spartans can cause a headache in the Big Ten coming in at number 12 we do have BYU now despite two missed game inning field goals BYU left Lavelle Edwards Stadium with a win over a top 10 ranked Baylor Jaron Hall only threw one touchdown but he did not a 22 yard receiving score who threw that pass freshman wide receiver Chase Roberts who had eight catches for 122 yards and one touchdown as Hall's top target with Gunner Rumney out. Now Baylor was the Cougars toughest matchup yet, but they still have dates with Arkansas, Notre Dame, and Oregon on tap. Though the last two have far less steam than they did heading into the season. Coming in at number 13, we do have Miami. Now, it may have taken until halftime, but Tyler Van Dyke and the aerial assault found their groove against Southern Miss and ended any and all upset alerts. Henry Parrish Jr. powered the offense on the ground while the rest of Miami's offense worked out their kinks, rumbling for 116 yards and a score. The defense also showed their teeth, limiting an underrated Southern Miss offense to seven points. Coming in at 14, we do have Utah. After a tough loss to Florida in week one, the Utes easily dispatched Southern Utah. Sure, it was against an FCS foe, but it was quite the bounce back for Cameron Rising and company as they as they led 45 to 7 by halftime. Now Delton Kincaid continues to prove why he is the top tight end prospect in the 2023 NFL draft, going over 100 receiving yards, still knocking off non-FBS opponent can only move the needle just a little. Coming in at number 15, we do have Tennessee. 2.6 2.6 That's how many yards Tennessee averaged per carry against Pitt But behind the right arm of Hendon Hooker And the receiving trio of Cedric Tillman Jalen Hyatt And Bro McCoy The Volbs were able to outlast the Panthers in overtime Yes, Keenan Slovis was knocked out of the game But even he was inefficient versus the Tennessee defense. At 16, we do have NC State. Now, after a close call against East Carolina in week one, the anxiety level for the Wolfpack was certainly lowered on Saturday. Quarterback Devin Larry tossed for four touchdown passes and 238 yards to help NC State crush Charlestown Southern, 55-3. At 17, we do have Baylor. Now, Baylor were road underdogs against BYU, but 
they did themselves no favor with 14 penalties for 117 yards. However, they still took the Cougars to double overtime and were not and, and, and if it were not for a missed field goal, their positions in the top 25 could be switched. Now that doesn't excuse Blake Shepard's average of just 4.9 yards per attempt through the air. The running game would get theirs behind a stout offensive line, but without a passing attack to pair with it, Baylor may not be ranked too much further. Coming in at number 18, we do have Florida. After upsetting Utah in week one, Florida was upset themselves. Uh, Anthony Richardson couldn't will his squad to victory this time around. In fact, he threw two interceptions and fumbled the ball once. It was a frustrating performance for the Gators, but they fell to a ranked Kentucky team, not an FCS or group of five opponent. Richardson will need to bounce back in week three or the Gators could be in trouble. Coming in at 19, we do have Wake Forest. Welcome back, Sam Hartman. Following one week, following the one week absence due to a medical procedure, Hartman picked up where he left off last season, throwing for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Now, A.T. Parrott relished in his quarterback's return, taking five catches for 142 yards and a score. Now, with Hartman at the helm, Wake Forest will feature heavy in the ACC title decision. Coming in at 20, we do have Ole Miss. Similar to last week, Ole Miss didn't need the passing attack firing on all cylinders to record an, ex- to record an expected victory. In a 59-3 win over Central Arkansas, quarterback Jackson Dart threw for just 182 yards. But freshman running back Quinshawn Jukins once again had an impressive day, barreling forward for 104 yards on just 10 carries. Nevertheless, Ole Miss will need Dart in that passing game to find its rhythm to compete in a vaulted SEC. At 21, we do have Texas. Now, for more than three quarters, a complete calamity of offense from the Tide, thanks to more than a dozen penalties, while Texas did just enough to keep it close all day, despite Quinn Eris' early injury. Then came Bryce Young. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner led two gusty scoring drives to keep Bama undefeated and pass a major test on the road. At 22, we do have Penn State. Freshman running back Nick Singleton recorded 179 rushing yards and two touchdowns to help Penn State cruise to a 46-10 win over Ohio. At 23, we do have Pittsburgh. Despite losing, despite losing Um, This is still a Pittsburgh team worthy of the top 25 position. With Slovis out and Nick Paddock competing and completing just 9 for 20 passes, the Panthers took a talented SEC team into overtime. Israel and Bukandada broke out for 154 yards and a score on 25 attempts 
and Galvin Bartholomew had the young season hurdle of the year. Now, with a healthy Slovis, which is now a luxury, Pitt still has a chance in the ACC. Coming in at 24, we do have Texas A&M. A huge upset that just threw a giant banana pill onto the Aggies' path to the SEC title. A&M had nothing offensively, finishing under 200 yards and two turnovers while going two for eight on third down. Hines King had under 100 yards passing on and no and 100 yards passing and no average receiver went over 50 yards. Year five of Jimbo Fisher's project is off to a bad start. And this is supposed to be a year that they had the college college football playoffs in sight. Now concluding our top 25, we do have Oregon Ducks. Bo Nix's five, five touchdown passes and a strong defensive front ensured new Oregon head coach Dan Lanning was a winner in his home debut with a 70-14 victory over Eastern Washington. They'll definitely have much tougher competition in week three against BYU, which should be a definitely tough, which should be definitely a tough contest, but we'll definitely get into that later. Well, there's your top 25 post week two. We'll definitely get into week three matchups and predictions, but first, a quick break. Yay, yay, yay. Welcome back, beautiful people. Now, week three of college football season features two matchups between ranked teams and two matchups from last seasons that can draw some interest. We have number six, Oklahoma, travels to Nebraska in a big noon kickoff game, and it will be interesting to see how the Huskers react after firing Scott Frost. The Sooners won 23-16 last season. We also have number 22, Penn State travels to Auburn in a matchup between 2-0 teams. Now, the Nittany Lions won 28-20 last season, but it should be a competitive contest. We also have number 12, BYU, takes on my beloved Oregon Ducks at number 25. This is an afternoon showdown, and it is primed to be a close contest. Now, the primetime matchup features number 16, Miami, against number 24, Texas A&M, who embarrassingly lost to Appalachian State. I shouldn't say embarrassingly, because Appalachian State has been a low-key sleeper since they beat Michigan. Now, coming in for week three's preview matchups and predictions. I'm going to start off with number one, Georgia, who faces off South Carolina. They're a 24, 24 and a half point. Um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. They, have, they lead the spread 24 and a half points. Now, this game airs 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Now, this is the largest spread on the road where the Gamecocks have a split 
four games as a home underdog under Shan Beamer. The Bulldogs have won the past three at williams Bryce Stadium by averaging 22.3 points per game. I say Georgia definitely wins. Spencer Riley is probably going to throw a pick or two. And score maybe 37-10, 37-7. But Georgia definitely wins. Another game we have coming up in week three will feature UConn at Michigan. Michigan is a 47-point favorite. This game airs at 12 p.m. on ABC. Now, the Wolverines get another giant spread against the Huskers. Um, excuse me, against the Huskies. Michigan averaging 53.5 points per game. And J.J. McCarthy has won that starting spot. But they have allowed a fourth quarter touchdown in each of the past two weeks. The Huskies have eight turnovers in three games. So I don't see the UConn Huskies upsetting Michigan. And it'll probably be a blowout. Michigan wins 52-6. to six. And those six points will probably come off of two field goals. Next game we do have on week three slot. We have Oklahoma at Nebraska. This is a 12 p.m. Eastern showdown on Fox. Oklahoma is a 13 and a half point or has the 13 and a half point advantage. Now, the Sooners do travel to Nebraska where interim head, interim head coach Mickey Joseph takes over for the remainder of the season. The Huskers defense allowed 31, point, 31 points per game, which isn't good to be good enough against an old Big 12 rival. The Huskers will hang around for at least a half, but ultimately, Oklahoma is a rude house guest and will score multiple points late in the game to cover their spread. Ultimately, the score probably will be 34 to 10. Another game we do have coming up in week three, Texas State at Baylor. Baylor is a 31-point favorite. This game airs 12 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Now, the the Bobcats are 7-10 against the spread as an underdog. And Baylor team is coming off a heartbreaking two overtime loss at BYU. Baylor won 29-20 in last year on the road. But they should definitely be able to outstand Texas State and win convincingly 40-10. Another game we have coming up in week three, BYU visits Eugene, Oregon to face the Oregon Ducks. This is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time game on Fox. Oregon is a four-point favorite. Now, the Cougars' schedule is ridiculous. This week's showdown continues in, in, in Oregon, in Eugene, I should say. 
And Oregon is trending to be that upset victor. Well, I shouldn't call it an upset victor. But these two teams haven't played each other since 2006 in the Las Vegas Bowl. This will definitely be a game that goes down to the wire. But I believe Oregon will win 31-24. Another game that we do have coming up in week three. Old Miss at Georgia Tech. This game airs 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Now we do have Old Miss who's a 14 and a half point favorite. And Lane Kifton brings the Rebels office machine which is average 43 and a half points per game to Bobby Dawn Stadium. Now the Yellow Jackets are 4 to 10. They're 4 to 10 against the spread at as a as a home underdog. And Jeff Collins, he's up for a tough task. It's up to a touchdown from the opening offseason and Jack Evans and Quinshawn Jenkins both have big games on the ground. But Ole Miss puts the Yellow Jackets down. I believe this game will end in an Ole Miss victory. 42-14. Another game that we do have on Saturday slot. Penn State at Auburn. Uh, Penn, State, Penn State is a three-point favorite. This game airs at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Now, this is a prove proven game for the Nittany Lions and they will have to protect the football at one of the SEC's toughest road venues which quarterback which quarterback do you trust more Sean Clifford and Drew Allure or TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford the Nittany Lions are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games so it's about a 50-50 coin flip but they're still the better team. Penn State wins in a tough matchup, 27-23. Another game that we do have on week three's docket, we have Louisiana Monroe at Alabama. This is a 4 p.m. Eastern time game on the SEC Network. Now, Alabama is, of course, a 49.5 point has a 49 and a half point spread, but Louisiana Monroe did beat Alabama 21-14 in Saban's first season in 2014. The Crimson Tide hasn't lost a non-conference regular season game since. And you can expect them to be focused after 100 plus yards of penalties against Texas. Alabama's gonna blow out Louisiana Monroe. 49-3. Another game that we do have coming up on week three. Liberty at Wake Forest. 5 p.m. start time on the ACC Network. Now the Demon Deacons average 44 and a half points per game. And Sam Hartman threw four touchdowns and averaged 11.4 yards per attempt in his return in week two. Wake Forest can't afford to look ahead to Clemson here. 
Hugh Freeze has a solid team. They'll keep things close. But Wake Forest should pull ahead. With a 42-24 victory. Another game that we do have going on on week three. Toledo at Ohio State. 7 p.m. Eastern Airtime on Fox. Ohio State is a 31-point favorite. Now, Ohio State plays another Mac opponent in a primetime game at Ohio Stadium. The Rockets kept last meeting close in a 27-22 loss in 2011. But the Buckeyes offense simply has too many weapons. The Buckeyes are 0-2 against the spread this season. But that changes with the Big Ten opener against Wisconsin looming in the near future. Ohio State's wins, 49-10. Another game that we have coming up in Week 3, Texas Tech at NC State. This game airs 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Now this could turn out to be one of the most fun, fun games this weekend. The Red Raiders are 2-0 under new coach Joey McGuire. Tessex Tex has lost in the past two visits to Carter-Finley Stadium by an average of 31.5 points per game. But this one feels like it could be a shootout between Donovan Smith and Devin Larry. Hmm. I think NC State will win in a close one, 38-30. Another game that we do have coming up in week three, we have Akron at Tennessee. This is a 7 p.m. Eastern airtime on SEC Network. Now, Tennessee is a 70, I'm sorry, is a 47 and a half point favorite. And the zips are bad. No way else to put it. They're coming off of a 52 to zero loss against Michigan State. And the Vols can pick their score here. But the only question is how soon will they pull off knowing that Florida is on the schedule in week four. The starters sit the fourth quarter and the Zips score a couple of points. A couple of field goals, I should say. But Tennessee will definitely win. I think a score about 56 to 9. Another game that we do have coming up week three, Michigan State at Washington. 7.30 p.m. Eastern airtime on ESPN. Now the Spartans haven't been tested yet, but a cross-country fight to Husky Stadium should be the trick. Washington is improved. With Michael Picks, with Michael Picks Jr. at quarterback, and Michigan State lost its past three games against Pac-12 opponents, but it breaks that trend here. Michigan State with a win, 28-21. Another game that we have coming up in Week Three, we have Pitt at Western Michigan, 7:30 p.m. Start Eastern start time on ESPNU. Now, Western Michigan beat Pitt last year, and the Panthers 
are coming off an overtime loss against Tennessee. Pick quarterbacks Caden Slovis and Nick Patty are also nursing some injuries. But despite that all and the road trip, I think the Panthers get back on track with a victory. It'll be a tough one. 38-24. Another game that we do have coming up on week three, we have South Florida at Florida. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Airtime. Local stations to be announced. This is definitely going to be a bounce back game for the Gators. They definitely had a reality check against Kentucky. Anthony Richardson was a role player in last year's 42-20 victory against the um, South Florida Bulls. And South Florida is 8-8, excuse me, South Florida is 10-8 against the spread as an underdog under Coach Jeff Scott. And there is a lot, or I should just say, there is a bit of a hangover risk of the uh, Florida of Florida's loss last week. But of course, South Florida allows 35 points per game. This is a tough one to pick. But I think Florida is going to bounce back and be all the victors. 47-35 victory. Another game that we do have on the docket comes from UTSA at Texas. 8 p.m. Eastern on the Longhorns Network. Texas is a 13.5 point favorite. The Roll Runners have played shootouts against Houston and Army in the past two weeks. Making score around playmaker quarterback Frank Harris. Hudson Kerr is back at quarterback for the Longhorns. And we're comfortable as long as, you know, the spread stays under 14 points. I think Texas should definitely win. It's not going to be a shootout. Not going to be a blowout. But they'll win 41-35. Another game we have on the docket, Louisiana Tech at Clemson. This airs at 8 p.m. Eastern on the ACC Network. Clemson is a 33-point favorite. Now, the Tigers are getting the big spread against the Bulldogs, who will air it out with new coach Sonny Kimball. The Bulldogs have two quarterbacks in Parker McNeil and Parker Dowing, but they won't have much success against that Tiger defense. Clemson, Clemson uses this one to get their running game established, who only averages 3.9 a carry. So this will definitely be an easy victory for Clemson, 45-14. Another game that we do have coming up in week three, Miami visits College Station at Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M is a six-point favorite. This game airs at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Now, Miami has its quarterback figured out. Tyler Van Dyke has completed 73.3% of his passes through two games, and the efficiency will travel. This will be 
A tough matchup nonetheless as Texas A&M tries to bounce back from that embarrassing loss against Appalachian State. But I feel Miami will pull it out with a 28-27 victory. Another game that we do have coming up this week, week three. San Diego State at Utah. Now, the ask now Utah, you know, definitely are looking out for some revenge after losing 33 to 31 to the Aztecs last season. The Utah Utes are in win-out mode after after their loss to Florida. And that show 73 to 7 victory against Southern Utes last week, excuse me, against Southern Utah last week definitely proves that they mean business. Still, the Aztecs get enough on the ground and they may can squeak out another upset. But I feel Utah and Cameron Rising are definitely mean business this week and they will win in a close battle 35-14. Now the final game we'll talk about this week comes Fresno State visiting the Coliseum. They face those men at Troy at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is on Fox. Now, USC's offense is getting all the attention with Lincoln Riley, but the defense has created eight turnovers in the past two games. It's an emphasis, it's an emphasis machine that Caleb Williams, at quarterback, continues to progressively shine. Now, Fresno State pushed Oregon State to a heartbreaking 35-32 loss last week. But I do believe the Trojans will prevail, even though Fresno State plays these Pac-12 teams very close and hard. SC will prevail 42-35. Those are the matchups for week three predictions as far as the victors regardless it is going to be an exciting weekend of football I definitely hope I'm wrong in the majority of these predictions and I definitely hope we continue to shake up the top 25 we continue to bring excitement to college football and we just continue to bring that raw raw spirit I appreciate you all just joining in this week, week three of College Football Chalk Talk. It's always a pleasure to share my opinion, to have your ears, and to just communicate with you guys. I hope your week continues to be blessed. I hope your week continues to be a success. Whatever you do, do it your best. Be bold. Be beautiful. Be you. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thank you again for rocking with me. I'm your host, C. Boyd. This is College Football Chalk Talk. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. An extraordinary week. And an awesome life. Until next time, my friends. Talk to you again.